Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, welcome back to the show this week. I am so glad you are joining me. We are having another success story slash training episode today. So I have with me Lauren Kilgore, and she is an accountant turned wreath maker turned Etsy strategist. I love her story because she comes with all of the wonderful numbers background. She looks at things much more analytically than, than I do. <laughs> she always says that that she is um, really strong in the numbers and less strong in the creativity, which is so refreshing actually to see in the Etsy space because most of us are like the other way around, right? So she's going to be such an interesting person to hear from and such a different approach from myself and many of the other um, Etsy coaches. She helps creatives in all industries to open and market their Etsy shops through SEO and social media. She has been featured in various publications and courses, Jennifer Allwood's most recently, on many podcasts and spoken at several conferences and in Facebook groups. Her current resume stands at over 7,000 Etsy sales, close to 150,000 followers on social media, and over 1,000 students taught in her programs. She was picked by Etsy to be an Etsy U instructor for the past several years, and her shop is in the top 0.1% of all shops on Etsy. So we are going to hear a little about the wreath making business. We're going to hear about her Etsy journey. We're going to hear about how she has brought her background as an accountant into the into her Etsy journey, um, which is really helpful. And she just approaches things from such a a numbers-based strategic way, which I know a lot of you are often asking for. Um, and I love that. I love that she's <laughs> she can tell you how to set up your business and give you that kind of advice that a lot of us Etsy coaches shy away from because we, you know, we don't want to steer you wrong, but she's actually got the expertise to do it. So um, I think you will find her so engaging. She's got a wonderful story. It's always just fun to connect about how our Etsy paths <laughs> weave themselves along. So please help me welcome Lauren to the podcast. Lauren, hey, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I am great. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm so glad we were able to do this. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my audience because um, you are super successful on Etsy, super good at what you do. And yet you and I are really we have like really different styles. And so it just really draws me to you. I'm like, that is so cool. She does that. So cool. So, um, so thank you for taking the time to be with yeah, me. I'm glad to be here. I mean, we are in the same space, but we have totally different approaches and, you know, I just love to spread the message as you know, just like you do as far as I can. Yeah. I, what really, um, jazzes me as like an Etsy coach is helping to connect like 
people who are trying to get started on Etsy or trying to troubleshoot or whatever, I want to connect them with the resources or the person that they personally need. Like I know we're all you know, you, I, I've done enough, co- like received enough coaching in different areas of my life and career that I realize that we all need something different. And I don't know, I, I know most coaches really love being the person, like love being, they're just like trying to find their people. I like being the traffic director. <laughs> like the matchmaker. I, I, yes, I should say it like that. That's so much cuter. I always say traffic director. I should say matchmaker, Lauren. Yeah. You're totally right. I need to remind me after, remind me that after I've given birth, because I'll totally forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I, I just love that. And it, what makes it really cool is it means I get to work with all different people who, yeah. who, you know, I get to have a totally different relationship with you than I would otherwise. So yeah, I'm super pumped. And I really want to start today with your Etsy story, because I think that's where we all find our common ground together, right? Like yeah. Everyone listening, that's just like where we get like in it together. Yes. So, but, but because I geek out probably the most on your professional background, because it's so different from mine. Can we start there? Like, tell us just okay. your story. Like, professional background how did you and then like how did you get into Etsy okay it's a strange story it's not I love it, it doesn't make <laughs> sense but because if I go back even further I went to college for psychology when I got out of college I realized I would have to go to a whole lot more schooling so I decided I didn't want to do that I ended up moving anyway had to find a job got a job in accounting stuck with it and I, and then got my master's in accounting anyway so I was an accountant for 20 years just you know, just strange path. Didn't think that was going to happen. So I was an accountant for 20 years. But during that, um, I did start a wreath making business because I was, I kind of, I just not someone who sits still well. And I needed something to do in the evenings, you know, I came home from work and my kids in bed and like, okay, what do I do? So I started a crafting business. And, um, my, this was 2014 and my sister has a really successful Etsy business. She sells like invitations and like wedding stuff. So I just figured, okay, well, that's the next logical step. You know, if you're selling handmade, that's what you do. So I opened up an Etsy shop and a Facebook page the same day. And I just thought, okay, well, we'll try and make a little, you know, side hustle cash and, you know, have fun and whatever. And then that morphed into, you know, I guess it was my background in business and in accounting. And so the number side made sense to me. And whereas I need always say, I need help on the creative side. I need people to teach me techniques and, you know, floral design and all those things. The business part I get. So I can help teach, you know, and I found myself helping people in Facebook groups and, um, friends and what, you know, fellow wreath makers and whatever, and who had questions on Etsy and how do you, how is this working? You know, how do you be successful, whatever. And that's sort of turned into, okay, well maybe I can make that part of my business as well, you know, because, you know, it it just makes sense to me. Um, and I was ending up doing so much of that teaching anyway. So I thought, why don't I put it into something more concrete and make an, you know, turn this into another part of my business. So I still make wreaths, Cause I still think that that's fun and I love to, you know, I love to create, I love to have that creative outlet, but I do still have the business part as well. So, so, um, did you craft a lot as a child? Like I know you said, and actually I can really relate to, I had to be taught. I had to really learn how to be more creative or yeah. more, like, actually make pretty art. You know, yeah. <laughs> that left brain, right brain thing doesn't always, you know, work out for me. Like I definitely need, yeah help on on one side 
but I don't, I mean, I guess as a child, I mean, I guess I did some, like, but it wasn't a lot, like, I'm trying to think back. I mean, we did cross stitch. We did like knitting and crocheting a lot as kids. Okay. Um, but that's about all the crafts I can really think of. Um, I mean, I was, you remember that, like, but... how you chose wreaths of all things? Because like that to me would just be probably the last thing I would pick up. That's why I'm curious. Yeah. Like, what was the, what was that path? I think I just needed something for my front door. And I think it was, I think it was like the start of that trend of people making like deco mesh wreaths. So like it was coming okay. out at Michael's in like local stores. And I think I probably had seen stuff on Pinterest and I thought, well, maybe I can just go make one myself rather than buy one. I always like to have one for the holidays on my door. I always did um, of some kind. And I thought, well, maybe this year I can make one. And then I posted it on Facebook and people were like, oh, that's really good. Maybe you should start selling those. I mean, but it was terrible. It was awful. I would never sell it now. I keep it in my garage for posterity. But, yes. um, you know, at, back then it was a totally different environment as well. But um yeah, so I just thought, okay, well, maybe I can try and make these and sell these. So I bought a whole bunch of supplies and I just started. Lauren, that is exactly how my Etsy shop started too. Yeah. I literally made, well, I had a blog and I made signs for my daughter's nursery, the ugliest signs I have ever made. I know, right? Our first and I posted terrible. them because it was just content, right? You're like, yeah. outfit, you're in your Facebook page, like marketing, you know, whatever for my blog and yeah. building my little audience. And people were like, oh my gosh, you should sell those. I'm like, really? But yeah. they were really rustic. So it kind of, I could kind of get away with it. And I absolutely still have them for posterity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that thing is not going anywhere. I'm not selling it. I'm not trashing it. It's staying in my garage so I can stare but at how it. How many people have that story? How many yeah. people literally, someone told them, you know, you should really try to sell those. Oh yeah. my gosh. But I love it when it turns into a bigger success story like yours. Yeah. So, okay. So like, let's like really jump into Etsy then. So I don't actually know if I know this part of your story. So I'm a little, I'm a little giddy. Um, <laughs> the About like how your Etsy journey has been. Did you have fast success or was no. it a slower? No, she doesn't even. No. Take no. <laughs> no Tell, yeah, how did that then, there weren't people like me and you to teach. Right. So, and that's what I, you know, uh, you know, there just wasn't, they weren't around. There was a couple maybe, uh, but there really weren't coaches and it wasn't, you know, online selling wasn't a thing like it is now. So there was definitely not a lot to follow and model after and to try and learn from. So it was a lot of trial and error in the beginning. I mean, for probably the first three years, it was a struggle to try and get anywhere with, you know, consistent sales, consistent followers on social media, anything, be, you know, before I could figure out, you know, what I needed to do. Yeah, it was, it, it was definitely slow. Once I figured it out, it went faster, but yeah, it was slow in the beginning. Well, okay. So how did we go from all like, every, <laughs> I can just, so, I can so relate because it was so hard to, we had to piece everything together ourselves yeah. um, and you really had to have an endurance and uh, you had to just stick with it, which is still true. Like, yeah, it's still true, but there are just so many more resources. But how did you go from that to which for, for three years, that's, I'm so impressed that you just kept pressing. Of course you were just also making them for your own fun. That is yeah. such a healthy way to start because if so, I always say, if you're starting out of desperation because you got yeah. bills to pay, it's, it probably like a background in e-commerce. It's not going to go well. You're just going to be so stressed. So yeah. I love that you did it that way, but how did we go from that to a top 0.1% shop? 
I think that's when uh, a lot of the explosion online of coaches came out kind of on Facebook, um, especially like Jennifer Allwood, you know, I know that we both have followed, um, but that was kind of when the, the coaching sort of industry sort of, I feel like that's when I was m- maybe more aware of it. And that's when a lot of, you know, that stuff came to the forefront. And so I started with some business coaching um, in, in a couple different groups, couple different people, you know, just trying to learn more about the business side. And then it was just, yeah, it was, it was understanding the way that Etsy works and the way that they prioritize listings and realizing that they really love items that can sell over and over again. And, yeah. you know, I always say Etsy's a handmade site, but that doesn't mean you only have to make one of something. And they actually, you'll do better if you can make more than one of something. It's a lot easier to do it because that's a, a sure sale for Etsy. So they're going to rank that higher. If they know, seen that something has sold before, they will rank it higher. So I had a lot of my products that I could remake. I had ones that I could, um, I could, I had some like wreaths that I could just swap out different signs or different bows or different ribbons. So I wasn't making 20 of the same thing. I was making one. I only had to store the inventory for one, but then I could list 20 different variations oh of it. Yes. And that got me a whole lot of um, sales in the beginning because I had more listings. I had more variations. I didn't have, you know, that wreaths are big. And like, you know, like signs are big. Like it's hard to have all that inventory sitting around finished. Like you just can't, you know, but in order to have, you know, a more successful Etsy shop, the more listings you have, it's a little bit easier. So I was able to make more listings off of minimal supplies and so that helped me inventory wise space wise and it helped me in the Etsy algorithm for sure that is amazing I think it's so um it's so helpful to hear that there's kind of a little bit of an aha moment that happens where things click and you kind of start to understand the not just the Etsy platform but how your niche operates in it because they are different and and you do have to figure out and then you have to kind of figure out your corner of it Mm -hmm. but then do it's like rinse and repeat to a degree I mean at some point yeah I've definitely had signs where I sold hundreds of the same sign and then it was my best seller and then it kind of petered off and I needed to figure out what was the next one and if I was smart I was ahead of that curve right Right. I was figuring out ahead of time what the next ones were going to be knowing that that trend would fade at some point that I couldn't necessarily anticipate so I love okay I love that you shared that so um (laughs) okay I have to ask you how has because (laughs) because I stink at numbers. How has your background in accounting like really influenced your Etsy experience? I'm guessing you approach this really differently because of the way you think. Um, please, because so many of us, I mean, Jennifer Allwood being one of them, right? Like, um, and guys, at some point, I don't remember what number, what she was on the podcast. I can't remember. It was talking about legacy and building multiple streams of income. Uh-huh. Um, I can put in the show notes, what um, episode that is, since we've now mentioned her more than once, but like, I always, <laughs> Related to Jennifer because she's just like I'm. I'm more creative than like math minded or, uh-huh. or whatever. now I personally I'm more marketing minded than I am creative or numbers. So even still though I look at you and I'm just like 
man, she's got some fairy dust in there. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think because you have to understand that an algorithm is really just computers. And it's, it is, it, I want to say it's black and white. It's not really, but it's, it's, you know, the business side of things is a lot more black and white than creative. And for me, you know, in math and accounting, like, you know, accounting, the debits need to equal the credits. In math, two plus two always equals four. Like there is no gray area. And so that's how, you know, approaching my Etsy shop and the business side of things, that's why, you know, that part was easier for me because that made sense to me. And like the creative side, we were like, you know, you can make whatever you want. Like, that I know you tell me what to make or what to do and I will do it. Like I can't, I, you know, duh. So yeah. So, you know, algorithms and, in you know, just like, this is what you need to do and this is what works. Okay. Just do that. Like, I don't know. I just think that that, that worked better for me because I wasn't, you know, I would just figure out what worked, looked at the stats, looked at, you know, you know, followed trainings, you know, and, just did more of what worked rather than just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall, just like really digging into stats and numbers and um, product research and things like that to try and be more analytical about it. I definitely did the same. I like, that's how I figured it out as well, but I wasn't looking so much at the stats. I was digging into, I looked at it. I came from the marketing lens where I was looking at, who were the best sellers? Who were the people mm-hmm. who were who had figured it out? So it's just so cool. You know what I love? What geeks me out about Etsy and business generally, but especially Etsy, is that there's so many different paths to success. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not just one way to do it. And right. it, I find that, like some people maybe find that like overwhelming. Like, well, how am I going to find the rabbit hole, you know? And I'm just like, no, it means that there's lots of them. Right. <laughs> Skipping through the meadow, you're going to fall into one of them, you know? Yeah such a dork. Okay. So, um, what, what do you think are two really important steps for getting started on Etsy that you notice? Like, cause you're a coach as well. So you're helping people every day. Um, what do you think like that, that sellers tend to skip or, or do wrong that, um, or, or don't take seriously? Yeah. You know, I would love some of your, your, cause you maybe approach that a little more analytically than I do. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think. I think for sure product research, I know I mentioned that before because, it rather than making what you want to make and making what will sell. Um, Because I think at the beginning I didn't really understand and I was just kind of like making everything and I'm kind of making what I want to make and wasn't really thinking about what would sell better and what could I make into a better listing. Um, You know, because when you have products that are cute, but like super generic, it's like hard to set yourself apart, you know? So, and then if you have, um, you know, items that, you know, nobody wants, or it's just not on trend or whatever, like that's not going to get you anywhere either. I always do like one of my most popular wreaths came from a customer's suggestion. So I always say that, you know, rather than making your own thing, um, try and lean into what sellers are asking you for, whether it's on social media, whether it's at craft shows, whether it's in your DMs or whatever, what are they, or, or when you post things on social media, what's getting the most attention and lean into that because those are the items that you, for me, have always taken off. So rather than, you know, trying to make 
just what I want to make, looking at what my customers want from me. And cause like I make a, a baseball wreath and I don't like baseball, sorry, <laughs> but I don't like baseball. And, and somebody asked me to make one and I made my version of one and it's sold hundreds. And so wow. I never would have thought to go that route. So it's, it's really like paying attention to what's selling and what customers want. So I think that was, you know, one of the, one of the, one thing that I think that new sellers kind of forget about. The other thing is really honestly not learning how it works. So not following a coach like you or me or any other Etsy coaches or not learning how it works and thinking that, you know, intuitively that, you know, you'll be able to sell just because it's listed. And it's not like that. You can't just, it's not Craigslist. It's not eBay. You can't just throw it up there and assume just because it's online that it's going to sell. It doesn't work like that. So you really have to dig into how to make it more optimized in order to get more visual, you know, more visibility in order to sell because it's just math. It's just statistics. It's just, you know, it's just views really. And if you can get more people to see your products, then you can get more sales. That's so good. Um, I, I absolutely love uh, asking other coaches that question and just hearing, you know, what are they seeing every day as the biggest mistakes? People shop on Etsy for the unique experience of getting something handmade, packaged with care, and just way more meaningful than an average purchase, right? And since we Etsy sellers are completely obsessed with our packaging, and we know how much thoughtful packaging improves our customers' unboxing experience, I am super excited to introduce you to the brand No Issue. All one word, all lowercase, N-O-I-S-S-U-E, No Issue. No Issue makes eco-friendly, yay, and customizable packaging that is totally affordable for small businesses and Etsy sellers. Hello, next level branding for your shop. So that means that you can literally get a design that you created, something gorgeous you find on Canva, your logo, whatever you like, physically printed on your packaging materials. And if you're not naturally gifted at design, which is 100% me, <laughs> they have great tools right on the site to help you do it. No Issue literally has everything you need for your packaging, you guys. Like they have tissue paper, washi tape, poly, ma poly mailers, stamps, stickers, boxes, food safe paper if you're a food provider, and the list goes on. I couldn't fit it all here and not make this forever long. So y'all need to know that my clients rave about this company. It's the best way you can up your packaging game while also being environmentally friendly and set your shop apart by leveling up that customer experience. And not to mention your photo possibilities with your cute new packaging materials, like hello, Instagram. So if you've been buying your tissue paper at Walmart and your poly mailers from Amazon, try no issue instead. It's still affordable. It's so much cuter. And the earth will thank you for making an eco-friendly choice. Grab their link in the show notes and get ready to send serious happy mail to your customers. What do you think about, like, if you think back to the beginning of your Etsy experience, um, is there anything that you would do differently? Let's see. Um, probably not. I don't, I mean, only because I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. Um, if I could starting over today, like how, yeah. like if you're starting over today, would you do like, like, for example, would you choose wreaths all over again if you were starting again today? Uh, the only thing about wreaths is they're so big and there's so the much supplies. Yeah, yeah, the shipping is hard. I mean, 
probably because there isn't anything else that like I really want to do and create. Um, but yeah, my daughter has like a jewelry business and I'm so jealous she can fit everything in her car, it, everything displays products, everything to go to a craft show. And I have to rent a, a truck or a vehicle or whatever, because I cannot fit wreaths and displays and everything else. <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't think that there is anything I would have done differently. I mean, I think that it all kind of happened like it was supposed to happen. I mean, isn't that encouraging though, to look back and <laughs> there are some things that I wish I could fast track. Like yeah, learning for sure. Yeah. For sure. yeah. But besides that, yeah. what about, um, at what point did you add your own website? Like, and, and how do you drive sales there? I'd love to hear that angle as well, because a lot of folks, and I don't know if you coach to this too, and I'm sure this is, I got this from Jennifer, um, what is to make sure that you're not putting all your eggs in right. the empty basket. So yeah. you've been really wise about that. Let's talk about your website. Yeah. I, and I was listening to her advice, I think when I did that as well. And I think it was probably three or four years in until I made my own website, but I know right now I drive all my traffic to Etsy, so I don't get a ton of traffic there on my website, but I have it again, just in case, just as a backup. Um, And, you know, yeah, it does definitely does not get many sales at all, Um, but I do want it there as a backup, just in case um, another place for people to find me. Um, but it, it was a lot of work. Okay. So you don't, you don't put a whole lot of focus on your website. You've just more kind of got it there. Yeah. I mean, I do drive most of my traffic to Etsy, obviously being an Etsy coach, like I want to, you know, drive my traffic to Etsy, but I do also, yes, as a backup, as another place for people to find me online. Um, you know, I do have my, my Shopify website. It's also, you know, I don't sell any different products there, but I do just have it as, you know, in case people were to Google it, that comes up also on Google as well as my Etsy shop. So. That's helpful. What about, do you, do you build an, um, an email list for your, your wreath buyers? I was not good in the beginning at separating my audience. So unfortunately all mine is together with wreath okay. buyers and wreath buyers. Um, so if I were to do that again differently, I for sure would tag them separately in my email system, but I didn't really know when I first started out. So they're kind of all commingled right now. Um, but <clears throat> that would be a big advantage if I had done that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, there's always, they, you can always do that going forward, but that, I think that's, I think at least you've, you've got a, a big audience there in your, mm-hmm. in your email list to build from as well. I always encourage that being one of the first things that people yeah. should start doing because that's, even if you don't have a website up, you could get one up pretty quick if you <laughs> have an email list to email to. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about some of the tea, some of the drama because, um, I, I, I know, but, um, can we talk about that mess that happened last year when that seller on Amazon literally like stole your gorgeous 4th of July wreath picture and used it all over Facebook and Amazon? Yes. Like what ha- it, was, you know. it was probably multiple sellers and they're all no. overseas. Yeah. They're all overseas and, and they're doing that again this year. Not with my products right now, but if you look on Facebook, there's tons of Facebook ads where they've stolen other people's images and then like superimpose them onto other doors. And they, you know, they even will sometimes keep the people, you know, you know, I've seen ones where people's like kids are in them and like, they just took them for their own Facebook page and these 
scammers have stolen them anyway. And they're selling them for like a third of the price. Yeah. So they took my, I had a um, July 4th flag patriotic wreath, which is really popular. And I guess they figured that out. And so they stole it. And it's funny because they did, they, they Photoshopped it and they superimposed it onto a whole bunch of different doors and put this like American family in the image with like the 2.8 children. And it's like, yeah, buy from the USA. And it's like, it ships from China. But anyway, so I did there, I did buy one of them on Amazon. I think it was like 12 or $15. And I was like, I just want to see what I'm going to get. And it was half the size. It didn't look anything like mine. It was a piece of crap, but um, I just had to see. And, and unfortunately, yeah, it continues to this day. So uh, everybody on Facebook, be careful of Facebook ads because if it looks too good to be true, unfortunately, it possibly is. Sometimes I've seen they've, uh, they'll they send people not a wreath. They'll send people a picture of the wreath. You'll buy what you think is a wreath and they'll send you a picture. No. There was one where somebody got a pillow. It was a pillow with a picture of the wreath on it. It wasn't even a They're so horrible. They're really, really bad. So yeah, if you're seeing a wreath advertised for $20, $30 on Facebook, it's not real. Were there not reviews on that listing? Um, they fake them. And on mine, they stole my reviews too. On But on Amazon? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't on Amazon. Um, where I can't remember what website because it's also been on Walmart. It's been on eBay. It's been on Amazon. It's been on websites. But like on their own website, I've seen like they they make these new websites all the time. As soon as I get Facebook to shut one down, they just build another one. But yeah, they use, they stole my um my reviews and put them on their site. Oh my gosh! Um, were you totally freaking out at the time? Like like now, how do you what do you do to handle that kind of thing? I mean, I don't love it. But it, it doesn't matter to me for my business because I know I'm going to sell them regardless. I was more worried about the people who get them, who spent yeah. their money and were expecting to get something nice and got something really bad. So I got, that's where I felt bad. I wasn't worried about my business at all. But um, I did what I could, you know, but, and there are, there's a website out there. It's called Pixie and you can submit your image and it'll like looks all over the web and sees where it finds that image and it'll give the URL for it. So cool. I, while there, I was kind of tracking where it was popping up and I could, then I could then contact those website hosts and try and get it down. But after a while, I was like, you know, this is a lot of work I'm doing and it's not, you know, they just open another website. So after a while, I was like, all right, I can't do this forever. I just have to accept that it's, you know, and then they've moved on to somebody else's products for Christmas. Yeah. So. It'll be short lived, right? Yeah. Can you just tell me, um, I've never heard of Pixie and I want to put Pixie. it in the show notes for folks. P-I-X-S-Y. P-I-X-S-Y? Uh-huh. .com? That's so, yeah. that's so helpful. That's awesome. Okay. I got it written down. Uh, guys, it'll be in the show notes because that's fascinating. I, I want to go like check out that site. Yeah. It's very cool. Okay. Um, okay. The other topic that I cannot wait to discuss with you is your Facebook and Pinterest strategy because you do this so well. You have them. Um, they're both, they're, they're both influencing your sales on top of the Etsy algorithm. And that is huge for people who want to do, you know, if you're not happy with what the Etsy algorithm is producing, you can yeah. take matters into your own hands. So yeah. can you give us some like, tips and ideas like about that? And 
So I think my traffic's about 50-50 between traffic I drive myself through my website or social media versus Etsy. And so, you know, there are some Etsy coaches who are like, you don't have to do social media. You can do everything on Etsy if you want. And sure, you can. But, you know, you'll see that, like, for me, I would be giving up half my traffic and possibly half my sales, you know, if I just went, you know, only on Etsy. So I think the most... The best thing, you know, the best tip I can give for Facebook is being consistent, making sure that you're posting every single day, making sure that you're posting content that your followers um, came to you for. So I have seen a lot of Facebook pages where they're just posting, they're either sharing other content or they're posting things that really aren't related to their brand. And that's not why people came to follow them. Yeah, um, It's not related. It's not, you know, yeah, it'll get engagement, but will it get the right engagement? You know, does that in the long run, is that really even going to help you? So I always make sure that every post I have relates to my brand in somewhat. And I really, you can turn almost anything into an on-brand post. All you got to do is talk about, you know, what it is you do just a little bit. And like, I, what was I thinking the other day? I was thinking about something about my car. I was like, I'm going to post something about my car. And it, it had nothing to do with my brand. And I'm like, well, I could just say I was on the way to Michael's to buy something for an upcoming project. You know, and then all of a sudden it's about your brand again. You know, yeah. it's about what you're doing. So you can really turn, you know, anything into an on-brand post. You just really have to stay focused with it. So posting every day, keeping things on brand is, is what I suggest for Facebook. For Pinterest, Pinterest has changed their algorithm somewhat. It used to be even more of a driver of traffic than Facebook was for me. I think it's sort of flip-flopped now, but it still does drive a lot of traffic for me. And um, it's, you know, again, staying on brand, having a, a place where people want to follow you for the content that you have, whether it's your own content or sharing similar content. Um, and idea pins are just so huge on Pinterest right now in order to reach, um, you know, more audiences, new audiences. Um, and I still have pins on Pinterest from five years ago that still come up and are still really popular. And they may not be the best photos or the best images, but that's the nature of, of Pinterest is it being so evergreen that people can find stuff from years ago and things resurface like they don't on Facebook. So, you know, it really is a great place to, to put stuff and you don't lose the content. Like it can keep coming up and up again. Do you use anything like Tailwind or the scheduler to keep things circulating? I do use Tailwind. Yeah. Yeah. Just makes it's it a, a little really, easier. A really helpful tool. Yeah. You can just kind of set it up and then you're not having to spend constant time. Yeah. And Tailwind will also analyze like when's your best pinning times and stuff like that. So that's helpful. You like the data. Yes. Right. (laughs) Yes. See, I told you I'm a numbers person, right? Always comes back to the data. No, that's exactly why I love you. I mean, there's lots of reasons I love you, but as an Etsy coach, I, I, I love that you're very, very focused on the, the data and the analytics and the, and the setup. Like um, numbers don't lie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But some of us get our, like, but so, and so many of us need that coaching. So, and actually this is perfect because I'm really excited for you to share about your Etsy course. Um, because not only will it give our listeners like a really solid, um, coaching about how Etsy works and how to position themselves, but you also have a whole segment about how those, those critical setup steps that need to happen, like 
even off of Etsy. Right. And I shy away from talking about stuff like that because I'm not an accountant. I'm not a tax person. I don't have a background in that. And I I would never want to steer someone wrong because it can be, it's, it's, it's very serious. These are very yeah. serious things. This is like where you shine. And so um, <laughs> I get excited. So tell us about your Etsy course and then I will absolutely link it in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. Yeah. And people, this is kind of where I might start to lose some people because <laughs> they're like, I don't want to do the boring stuff, but I'm very just a stickler about making sure things are set up right from the beginning. Yes. So it starts with making sure that you have the right, paperwork locally that you need because Etsy doesn't really ask for that stuff. But in order to avoid, you know, problems down the road, you know, fines or anything, you know, you just, just have it set up right. So, you know, business license, sales tax registration, EIN, things like that. And then it goes into literally, you know, walking through the steps of opening a shop, put it, you know, how to optimize it, all the different parts of your shop that are important to the algorithm to your customers and because there are there are parts of your shop that are really for the algorithm and there are parts that are really for your customers and there's parts that are for both and you have to optimize all of them in order to have the most success so we go through every single part of um you know your shop and down to shipping your first items and things like that so that you know you have that good foundation um on which to build so if you don't you know if you start like i said if you start throwing stuff on etsy like just it's not going to sell just because you listed it. So it's really making sure like the whole shop is built out and that you have that great foundation. So, um, so this is really huge because so many people will come and be like, Lizzie, I, I need someone to hold my hand for all of the business setup. And I'm like, I am not your girl. (laughs) Like like come back to me once you want to figure, once you want to understand how to position yourself and all of that. So, Lauren is your girl. If you are like, I really want to make sure this is set up right. I, and so many people do, Lauren, you're going to find a lot of your people here. I'm excited. Um, and then what are the best places for people to follow you and, and help me understand, do you kind of, is it all because, because you, you have two different kind of things going, well, three, really, you've got, you've got how to make wreaths. Mm-hmm. You've got where you're selling your reads and then you've got coaching people on Etsy. Is it all going to be the same places or how do people follow you in like the proper, like where they, you know, where they want to? I do, yeah. Uh, my Facebook page is beautiful mesh. That's, that's the name of my Etsy shop. So that's where I started making wreaths, but also teaching Etsy tips. And my TikTok is beautiful mesh as well. So those are my top two places. I mean, I have Instagram, I have Pinterest and stuff like that, but the probably the top two places where I'm active most often are TikTok and, and Facebook. Okay. And that's where, you know, I do have my website, which is just my name, Lauren Kilgore. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm giving tips all the time on, on both Facebook and TikTok. And I don't do as much teaching how to make reads. Cause like I said, I need the creative help, <laughs> but I do often do lives while I'm making something because then we can chat and then we can chat. It. So Okay. I think what I had misunderstood is you just have a lot of wreath makers following you about how to start their own shops. And that's why I integrated that. Okay, cool. So it's easy. It's all in the same place. Beautiful mesh. Um, I follow you on both TikTok and and Facebook. And it's Mm -hmm. super fun. I love when I see your stuff pop up because you always have such good ideas for content. And it's so, not just for wreath makers. Like it's just, it's really for everyone. It just happened to be like, that's cause that's what I make. That's a lot of people that follow me, but there's tons of people in my community that make all kinds of different things. 
Yeah. Well, and that's like, you're not really focused on the, how to make the, the reads. So that's mm-hmm. perfect. This just Etsy tips and really for anything handmade, that's going to be right. a, a great resource. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad we got to do this, Lauren. Everything you shared, this has been really fun and I love your approach. Um, And I love that we get to be buddies and bounce things off of each other. So just thank you so much for spending the time with us today and your generosity and sharing. And I hope we can, hope we can do it again. (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, I will talk to you soon, my friend and all y'all listening, you go make something awesome. And that's a wrap on this episode of how to sell your stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.